Well, good stuff, good stuff. Excited to be here this morning. Want to welcome our Newport News campus. Uh, many of you have tra- made the trek out to Williamsburg. <laughs> made the trek out to Williamsburg in the rain on a Sunday morning. How does it feel to finally be spiritual people? Huh? Coming to church on a Sunday, doesn't it feel good? It's biblical, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, New Produce Campus, if you don't know if you're new, they meet on Saturday nights. and um, uh, We've been doing a floor renovation there at that building. And um, uh, last night, the polyurethane just wasn't dry enough, nor had the fumes escaped the building enough uh, for us to be able to have service. And so if we would have had service, we would have been stuck everywhere and hallucinating. So we decided it would have been best to not have service. And so... uh, so we did that on uh, the church we share uh, space with all generations. They had to cancel their service this morning as well. And, um, and so uh, this morning we, I have the great privilege of having two campuses and giving opportunity if you go to New Purdue to be able to come to Williamsburg. So we're excited that you're here uh, this morning with us um, as, as part of um, uh, this church. So hey, so uh, what we're going to start doing is, is we're going to jump in here to uh, uh, a new series um, that I have a feeling that here at Williamsburg is going to go for a little while. Um, and, and I'm excited about that um, and what God's going to give us opportunity um, to do and just uh, to, to speak to us. I've, I've been um, for, gosh now, probably two months, I've been trying to work on a sermon that I felt like I was going to preach today. And, um, and, and it didn't happen. I was preparing and I was just like, you know, I think God's taken us a different way. And then that different way has turned into a series possibly. And so we'll see what happens with that and where it goes. Um, but that's kind of the fun of what we get to do here. And it, it does build on what we've been talking about at both campuses. And um, uh, we, we, we do this sometimes at both campuses. We talk about the same thing. Sometimes we talk about different stuff. Sometimes we talk about the same things in different ways. Um, and so uh, there's different approaches. But at both campuses, we've been taking some time to talk about uh, what we call our practice, what we call this life of, of following Christ, being devoted to him, uh, these pathways that God's given us. How can we stay committed to him? How can we follow him? Um, and, and we've been talking about these pathways that we have highlighted as a church, these 12 ways that if we uh, commit ourselves to these things, if we walk in these uh, paths that God's given us, that he will be able to help us to connect with him and discover this abundant life that he's promised to us. And that as we're doing that, at the same time, we're able to help others in that. And we're able to lead others to Christ as well. And so we've been talking through those. And, and, and as I've been talking through that with myself and praying about those things and looking uh, through those things, uh, just God has just been speaking to me about that life that abundant life that is present in him, and he's just been illuminating something to me that I just uh, can't get away from, and so I want to share with you today, and uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, I believe, um, this is always a good way to start a sermon, I believe we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, so I'm going to, yep, there we go, all right, Matthew chapter 6, so you can open your Bibles there if you would like to go ahead and do that, we're going to take a few minutes before we get there, but that's where we're going to be, is in Matthew chapter 6, before we go any further, uh, let's pray, all right? God, thank you so much for your mercy. And God, we thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your presence. That today we get to be united with your church, with the people that you've called to be together in one heart. God, that in our unity, in our togetherness, God, that we are able to and that we are supposed to and that we do show your love and your light to this world. The very act of us being in this room this morning is something that you orchestrated for you to be known in each of our lives, for you to be known in our community, for you to be known in this world. So God, we sit here this morning anxious for you to speak to us. We're not here by chance, we're not here just because we're here for you to speak and we're here for you through your word to increase and to give us faith to live this life that you've called us to live. So God, we pray that you speak. It's only through your Holy Spirit, God, that change happens. It's only through you, God, that our hearts are bent towards you. And so God, we pray right now that you do your work because it is for you, it is through you, it's because of you. So God, we look to you and you alone in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 
So uh, I don't know about you, uh, but how many of uh, you out there like me, you like new things, right? You like new things, all right? I mean, like you just, you like new stuff. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Uh, we're all bent that way, right? Some of us, we like antiques, right? Uh, I know the, the Kearney's over there, you like old stuff, right? You go to their house, right? It's 50s, 60s, right? It's, it's in there, right? They like old stuff, but they're saving the time. You like new stuff too, right? Yeah, see, okay, Amy does. All right, Jason, not so much. But uh, we all like new stuff, right? Um, there's something about new things that gets us excited, right? Um, you know, it's, it's new stuff is just, it, it, it affects the way that we feel about things. It affects the way we think about things. It's amazing how something new can really change everything about your day or even your personality or your habits. New stuff can change you, right? Uh, it's the reason that I no longer ever again, I've only one time in my life had a brand new car and I never want to have a brand new car again because I like biscuits right I like eating McDonald's biscuits while I'm driving in the car right <laughs> but when I had a new car I didn't want crumbs anywhere right I didn't want the new car smell to go anywhere right so I mean you weren't allowed to wear cologne in my car right you weren't allowed to eat biscuits in my car right you weren't allowed to do any because it needed to stay new right and it changed everything about what I did and all that stuff. You know what? Man, forget that, right? I want to eat biscuits, right? <laughs> I want, you're eating a biscuit in the car with me and you drop some crumb. You don't have to pick it up. You can leave it there, right? In fact, a little bit of bacon falls on the floor. It's good, right? That's my air freshener for a while, right? And so, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at, right? So new things, I mean, they just change everything about you, right? You get new shoes, right? It changes how you walk, doesn't it, right? You put on brand new shoes, right? All right, come on, students, right? You get on some new J's or something like that, right? It changes how you walk, right? You know, you walk like this, right? And then you see a puddle and you go this way, right? <laughs> you don't even go near it, right? You just cross the street to avoid it, right? New things, they change everything about us. They change our habits. They can change our personality. They can change our perception. New stuff changes everything about us and it changes the way we look at things. And so when you look at this and you look at the reality of new stuff and how it affects us and, and you look at the way that it changes the way that we even look and feel about things, we need to understand that there's something new that God has for us and it can change the way that we live our lives. You know, there's new inventions that we believe that are changing our world, right? And they are changing our world, right? I mean, the iPhone, it has changed everything, has it not, right? Even if you're like an Android por person and you're like, Mac stinks, right? And you're just like, whatever. Come on, let's be honest. Come on, this is a city like, Mac sucks, right? And you're just like, you're saying that. And, and, you, and that's just where you're living at, right? And you're like, Android rules. One day you'll figure it out, right? Okay, one day you'll figure it out. You'll come around. Uh, but, but I mean, the iPhone, it came on the scene. It changed everything, right? I mean, BlackBerry was dominating, right? We were watching uh, the Born Supremacy the other night, right? And they were talking about their Blackberries. And I was like, oh, yeah, Blackberries. Those used to exist, right? I mean, like, it was, it was like the cutting-edge technology, right? Yeah, and all you guys have to have secret government-issued phones. You still have Blackberries. We're sorry. One day. All right. Uh, but... But, you know, it, it, you know, new things, it, it changes stuff. And new inventions, they change the world. They change uh, the things that are happening. Uh, there's a new invention that I'm super excited about. I've been watching for a while. Uh, Terrence and I have been talking about it. Uh, it. It's something that I cannot wait to have come out. But, um, and they've got some things, but I'm really looking forward to this new one. They, they've got new, have you seen these new light switches and things that you can put in your house that you can control with your phone? Have you seen those, right? They're expensive, and they can just, like, you know, they, it costs a lot of money, and I'm sure they're awesome, right? You can go to Verizon or Sprint and get some different things now, but there's this new one that's coming out that you can literally just put over top of your existing light switch, right? Uh, you put it, just, it's just a box, and it's got a magnet thing, so it just, it just attaches to your existing metal plate thing there, and then it turns on with Wi-Fi, and you can control all the lights in your house just with this one little thing, Right? I'm super excited about this, right? Because, like, for us in our home, like, I, turning off the bedroom light, right, that is not something neither one of us enjoy, right? I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if you guys are this way. But for us, it's always a battle, right? It's who can get in bed first so that the other one can turn the light off. And so, like, if we ever walk into bed at the same time, we walk into the bedroom at the same time, you know, we look at each other and it's just like, uh-uh, I mean, like, running, you know, and trying to see who's going to get in there and turn it off. Dude, this thing could change everything. It could save our marriage, right? Because, I mean, there was one night where we got in there, and, and, like, we both got into bed, and neither one of us had turned the light off. And we were just like, oh, the light's not off. Uh, we need to sleep, you know? And I was like, well, it's on your side, right? <laughs> 
And she's like, well, you're the husband. You should get up, right? And I'm just like, you should love me, right? And serve me. And I'm like, whatever. And so I'm comfortable. And she's like, you get comfortable instantly. And I'm like, it's true. But, but I'm sitting there and we're just like, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I can go to sleep in any situation. It doesn't matter. I'm going to sleep. So I'm laying there and then... Because I wanted to win and I was so competitive, I was waiting for her to get up. And it never happened. After 12 minutes, I angrily threw the blankets off. <laughs> and I got up and then she celebrated in victory, right? <laughs> it, but that thing could save our marriage, right? It could control. Like, I could just lay in bed and be like, you ready? All right, sweet. Right? <laughs> and just can change things. We like new things. New things make a difference in our life. New things have a huge impact. And, and, and to tie in that ridiculous story and to tie in that, in Scripture, we see Jesus speaking to us, and there's this powerful truth that he reveals to us in Matthew chapter 6, that you and I, no matter where we are in our journey in life, no matter where you are in your relationship with God, no matter where you are in your desire to know who God is, to feel God, to understand God, to be in relationship with God, no matter where you are, you and I, every single one of us as human beings, we have a light inside of us. There's a spiritual reality to each and every one of us, and we are in control of how bright that light can be or how dark that light can be. In Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. In verse 24, it goes on and it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And Jesus, in all of this, he's summing up. He's like, listen, hey, you, there's a light inside of you. And how you view life, how you view your circumstances, what you look to as your provision, what you look to as your hope, what you look to for security, what you look to for salvation, that determines how bright the light is is in your life or it determines how dark the light is in your life that your eye how you look at things it opens your mind to and it opens your heart to the activity of God or it closes you off to what God is doing your eye, your perception, your view is what helps you to understand, what helps you to see, what helps you to shine bright for Christ, or what pulls you away and pulls you into a life of inward-focused selfishness away from God. Your view, your perspective, the way you look at what's going on in your life, those things shape and determine how bright that light is. We're in control of that light. How we look at stuff, what we look at, we are in control of it. In, six, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, when Jesus says, your, light, your eye is a lamp that provides light to your body. What he's talking about here, he said, when your eye, he said, listen, your eye, what you pull in, what you look at, the amount of light that you allow into your body, it determines everything. Same thing. So going back to the story, right? The reason I hate turning the light off, right, is because it's not on my side, right? I believe my bedroom is my domain, right? And if I don't want to make my bed, I'm not going to make my bed. And if I want to leave my shoes on the floor, I'm going to leave my shoes on the floor, right? The rest of our house we keep clean and we keep organized because at any moment we want to be hospitable. We want to be ready. We want to be able to, right? But my bedroom, no one goes in there but me and my wife and my children sometimes when I let them, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> So if I turn the light off and I want to go through the room, right, I don't want to be tripping over my boots and all that stuff. You're like, just clean up your room. Don't want to. Don't have to, right? All right, so, <laughs> right, that, that's where I don't want to turn it off, right? I, I, I want to be able to get in and not stumble and not trip and not bang my shins against the edge of the bed, right, which always seems to happen, right? I, I don't want to have to do that, right? 
The light that we let in, it directs us, it guides us, it takes us to where we're supposed to be going. The brighter the light is, the easier it is for us to move around obstacles, the easier it is for us to move through challenges. The brighter the light is, the easier it is for us to focus on the things that God wants us to focus on, to look at the stuff that he has for us. The brighter the light is, the more we are directed, the more we're guided, the more we understand purpose. The darker the light, the harder it is to walk around things. The darker the light, you're going to be able to bust your shins, right, instead of avoiding things. The darker the light, the harder it is. The brighter the light, the better it is. You're in control of it. Your eye, what you pull in, what you look at, what you view, what you see, it affects the light in your life. And that light determines everything else in your life and how you're going to be able to do those things. And Job you know, talk about somebody who had troubles, right, and difficulties in life, right? We always go to Job, right? Job, in chapter 10, is again lamenting, and he's got three friends that think they're wise and think they're giving him all this advice, and these three friends are just saying this, this, and this, what he should be doing. And Job, who, unbeknownst to them, is going through this massive battle where God says, I know what's going to happen, and I'm just trying to prove something to Satan, right? And, uh, I, I, you know, this big cosmic battle is going on in Job's life, and he doesn't know, and he's just sitting there saying, God, whatever you want, right? And then he's got three friends stepping in the midst of that saying, hey, I know better, right? We all have those friends, don't we? We've been those friends, haven't we? But in Job chapter 11, Job chapter 10, it ends in Job chapter 10 where where Job is just like, listen, leave me alone. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to go ahead and just turn to that dark place where even in the brightest of moments, even in the brightest noonday sun, it is still dark as midnight. I'm just going to go ahead and turn. I'm going to go to that place, right? I'm going to allow my view, I'm going to allow my perspective to go ahead and go there. Now, his friend Zophar, who is probably the youngest one out of it, right, and he really approaches this thing the whole wrong way, but he still says something that is so true. He says this in Job chapter 11, starting in verse 13. He says, put your heart right, Job. Reach out to God. Put away evil and wrong from your home. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. Your life will be brighter than sunshine at noon, and life's darkest hours will shine like dawn. You will live secure and full of hope. God will protect you and give you rest. He's saying to him, Job, listen, change your perspective. Look at things differently. Turn your heart to God, right? Don't look at the darkness. Instead, look at the light. It will change things. It will help you to find hope and rest and peace. And so he's saying these things to him. And, and, of course, he's saying it with the wrong heart. And he's demeaning and he's judging. And he's not speaking with love and grace. He's speaking like a jerk, right? And so he's saying these things. And in chapter 12, Job's just like, who doesn't know this? Right? Who doesn't know this? Well, I'm going through some stuff right now. And I'm turned towards God, and God's allowing me to still stay in that stuff. How many of us have ever found ourselves in that spot where we're just like, I'm going through some stuff. Man, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Jamie, and I, I know, you know, in, in church, I've heard it before, right? I, I, I've got a Christian friend, right? I've sat down and I've talked with you, right? You, I, and I know. Just turn to God, right? And all of a sudden it's magical and it's fixed, right? But sometimes it's not. Sometimes we're looking to God and we're, we're hoping to him and we're, we're reaching out to him and we're doing everything right. We're walking the pathways, right? And Pastor Fred's over there like, woo they're doing all 12, you know? And, you, know, you know? and I'm like handing out gold stars because you're doing everything, right? But you're just like, I'm in stuff and it hurts. I'm in stuff and I don't know what to do. And today, I just want to speak to that. That's where I am in my own life in some things. And I know that's where some of us are. And I know just as believers in Christ, if we were to change our view and understand this, then it would begin to allow us to step into the place as a church that we're supposed to be in this culture. And so if we look here at Job, in chapter 12, Job's sitting there just like, hey, listen, who doesn't know that? All right, I get it. I know it. That's what I'm doing. But I'm going through some stuff. And this morning, if you're like, hey, I'm going through some stuff, how do I make it through this stuff? Like, I, I want to look to God. I, I, I really, really, really want to, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should. Man, I, I have been looking to God, and, and, and it just doesn't seem to be working out. Man, you find yourself in that place. If that's where you are today, or if it's not, right, be encouraged, you will be one day, right? 
Like, let's, what do we do with this? How do we walk through this? How are some things, how do we make it through these impossible situations? First thing is, is we know that they are guaranteed. John chapter 16, verse 33. Hey, you're going to have troubles. They're guaranteed. There's something that's going to be there. I think sometimes we want life to be something that it's not intended to be. We want Christianity, we want God to be something that he's never promised to be. And we take our feelings and we take our wants and we exalt those things and we attach them to God and his identity. And we're saying, you failed me because you didn't. And he said, I never said that was me. See, troubles are guaranteed. There's something that as we follow Christ will happen. And the more boldly you follow Christ, the more you're committed to following Christ, the more sacrificially you say, I'm all yours. Guess what? Your troubles will be increased because Jesus says the world hates me. And if you follow me, it's going to hate you. You look at what Jesus did, right? You look at what he went through. You look at what his life was, right? That is a life that we can guarantee that if we follow him, that now, right, that we can, maybe not to that degree, but to some degree, experience troubles and trials in this life. But it's one at the same time that can be promised to us that even in the midst of the worst of situations, that God is present with us. That God is faithful to his promises and that God will put us in the place that he's called us to be, which is in his presence, free from all pain, free from all suffering, free from all trials, free and in his presence forever. And that's what he's promised to us. That's what he's given to us. And that's the opportunity that we have. So we need to know that they are guaranteed. And I know that might not be encouraging, right? You're just like, that's awesome. What's up with this Christianity thing, right? Who signed up for this and why, right? Again, it's a perspective shift, right? Then we say, listen, this world that we're in, this life that we have, it's a gift that God's given us. It's an amazing gift that he's given us, an opportunity to come to this life, to, to be present here, an opportunity to live ourselves committed to him so that one day we can be in his presence forever. It's a gift that he's given us. And we have to, we have to, as one writer said, we have to go through the gateway of death, right, to allow that to happen. And so we have to live this life, and in this life, it's broken currently. And we have to say, you know what, it's broken. I understand that. I get that. And when I'm committing my life to Christ, it's not so that I have a perfect life, so not that I have the perfect bank account and the perfect children. It's not so that I have these things, these things right? It's not so that I can have a perfect, uh, you know, just, just life and, and just say, hey, look at me, right? So that I can write books and so that I can tell people how to live their lives. That's, that's not what Christianity is about, right? Christianity is about saying, I, I'm living my life for you. And whatever that means and whatever that looks like, I'm committed to you. Whatever comes my way, I'm going to look to you and I'm not going to look to anything else. And so allow that to be somewhat sense of encouragement because I think sometimes what happens is, is that we're going through this life. And I'm spending a lot more time on this point than I was going to, but, but we go through this life sometimes and we say, why is this happening? And we begin to doubt God and we begin to question God and we begin to spend time looking at how God's failed us instead of saying, how can God be faithful to us? I know this is going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. It doesn't shock me. It happened. So what's next? What does God have for me? That's a shift that needs to happen in our lives. So we know that they're guaranteed and we know that they don't determine our joy. We look past them and we reach out to God and then we face the world again. We believe Romans chapter 8 that he's going to work out all things for our good. We look at the situation that we are in and we say, God, I see what's happening, but I'm not going to look at that. Instead, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe that your promises are true. I'm going to believe that you said you're going to work out all things for good. And I'm going to stand in confidence in that, not in what I'm facing now. We don't let the circumstance determine our joy. We let his promise and the faithfulness of his love and his grace determine our joy. We let all of who Jesus is infiltrate our hearts. We look to him as the light, and as we allow ourselves to see him and to view him as the light that he is, as he said, I came to be the light of the world, and as we allow that light to come through our eyes, he becomes our view. Guess what? He illuminates the things around us, and we see them for what they are. We're not caught up in them. We're not trapped by them. Instead, we're able to go through them and endure them and find where he wants us to be. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, I gotta get back on point here. So listen, here's the deal. So, all right, so, all right, so you know that these things are coming, right? 
We, we don't let them determine our joy, right? And, and so that, that's where we are, right? So how do we approach this? How do we then shift our view? How do we then change our perspective, right? We change our perspective by getting excited about the opportunity for trial that we're going through. I love it. I was sitting here this morning and I was just like getting ready to preach. Anytime I start a new series or anything like that, right, I, I just, I, I go through and I'm just like, okay, is this right? Is this like a devotion that has gone wrong and I'm trying to force it on everybody, right? Or is this something for the church? And I'm just like, I got these thoughts and things going through my head and I'm just like, God, it's you. I, I, I feel like I've prayed for this thing. I feel like you're leading. Um, you know, I, if anything, you're just saving them from the sermon I've been trying to preach for two months, right? And it's really bad and I think it's great. I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm just trusting you and I'm having this conversation and Celeste gets up here and she has no clue what I'm preaching on and she starts preaching or, or, or talking to us. She was preaching, let's be honest, right? And, and, you know, she's up here and she's speaking, you know, and she's talking about, hey, listen, the trials you go through are opportunities. I was just sitting there just praying over that and she says it. And I'm like, that's in my notes, right? That's awesome, right? And so I'm going through and I'm just looking at it and that's what we should do, right? James chapter one, verse two, hey, listen, trials are gonna come your way right? But when they do, consider it great joy. That's James, right? Right? James, he was killed, right? He was killed, right? And he like kind of grew up, you know, uh, in the shadow of Jesus, right? I mean, okay, we're not even going to get into all that stuff, but James, he's like, listen, hey, when trials come your way, they're going to come your way. When they do, consider it great joy. Why? Because in verse 3, he says this, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Man, when a trial comes your way, when something comes up and it's just like, why am I going through this? When something you're looking at, you're just like, this is setting me back instead of moving me forward. Change your perspective and say, no, this is an opportunity to grow in him. This is an opportunity to see his love all new again. This is an opportunity to understand God in a way that I've never understood him. This is an opportunity to serve somebody in a way I never knew that I needed to serve them. This opens my eyes to something that I didn't even know was happening in my home backyard. Look at this. It is a new opportunity. And so we should be excited about it, right? Excited about it like you just got a brand new car, right? Maybe a two-year-old car so you could eat biscuits in it, right? Like you go through and you're just like, hey, I'm excited. This is something I look at. And you're like, that's crazy. That's lunacy. Hey, listen, that's the life that God's given us to live, is that we say this world is temporary. The things that are here, the things that are present, they are circumstantial. They're not going to last. But him and his faithfulness and the joy and the peace that I can know now is only going to be illuminated later. And those things that I know now and can experience now, the light and the abundance of his life that I can have now, is only going to be greater in eternity. Man, this trial is going to help me grow, grow closer to him, understand him more. I want it. I'm excited about it. If we look and change our perspective on things, it helps us to be able to see that we are growing. Let me give you a little bit more here on this point. Because I know, I understand, listen, there's a lot of this, there's some church talk in here, right? You're supposed to say these things, Pastor Jamie. You went to school for this, right? These are the way things pastors talk. But you guys don't live in the real world and you don't understand what it feels like to go through stuff. We do, all right? We have children ourselves, right? <laughs> all right, and there's things that we go through. I understand there's things that I'm so, I get so discouraged in. And, and I know these things to be true, and I, and I write these sermons, and sometimes I don't feel the connection in my own heart. Sometimes I'm like, I know what's right, but I just can't feel it myself. How do, how do I do this? I know I'm supposed to consider this joy. I know I'm supposed to say I'm going to grow through this. I know that stuff, but How? How do I do this? How do I move through it? How do I find myself in his presence? How do I find myself looking to him in this? How do I do that? I know they're going to happen. I get that. But how do I do this? One of the things that it helps us to do is, is it helps us to understand that God is insanely relational. As we're going through trials and we're going through these difficult things, listen, God could come in and he could say, I'm going to stop it right before it even happens, right? I'm just not going to allow that to happen, you know? You could be driving down the road, right, and some 16-year-old punk, you know, just got their license, going to pull out in front of you, and then God all of a sudden makes the car break down. You know what I'm saying? Right? You would have no clue of God activity in your life. You would drive right past that miracle and have no clue that it ever happened. And I believe there's times that that still happens and that those things are true. 
that we will only know an attorney. We'll get up there and be like, holy cow, look at how much you protected me, right? But God is insanely relational. God could circumvent all things, but God doesn't want to be a distant God. God wants to be a close God. And when we go through things with our family, when we go things, uh, through things with our friends, it draws us closer together. It's the same thing with God. He's relational. God wants to work through you instead of always doing things for you. Look, we understand this, right, in our own lives, right? I mean, come on. Think about it. In your own life, the times that you've grown the most, the times that you've grown the most in your life, has it been because everything was going perfect, right? The, the, the times that we used to say, like, that was the biggest victory I've ever experienced in my life, right? Even if you've got to go to the sports world, right? The greatest game that you can remember that you've ever played if you ever played sports, was it because it was the easiest game and you just mopped them up? That was the game you won by one point two seconds before the game was over, Right? That's the game that you remember. That's the movie that we watch. Those are the books that we read, right? The, the human condition, our, our, our hearts are set to understand and to know that there's going to be things that we have to work through. There are things that we have to overcome. There are things that we break through, and we do. We see victory at that point. We celebrate those things in people's life. But when it comes to our relationship with God, we want it to be something completely different. Because really what we're saying is, God, I want you to be distant. I just want you to take care of everything so I don't even have to think about you and I don't have to think about anything else. I just want to exist. And God's like, no, I don't want you to exist. I want you to live. And when you live, there's going to be things that you experience and there's going to be things you go through. And when you live, you're going to get scars. And when you live, you're going to lose a tooth every once in a while. And when you live, you're going to go bald at some point, right? When you live, I mean, these things are going to happen, Right? You're going to go through life and you're going to have experiences that mark you, that harm you, that leave you other than what you want to be. But when you look to him and you trust him and you're walking in him and you see that these things are growing you, these things are not only growing your, in your character, but these things are growing you closer to him, connecting to him and understanding him in a way that you never have before, you begin to live your life saying, God, you're so real, you're so present, you're not distant, you're here. And guess what that does? It, it lights up your life. It lights up your perspective. It lights up your faith. And you don't look at your circumstances and situations anymore as something that holds you back or keeps you or prevents you or hurts you you now you look at that and say no these are ways to discover what he has for me these are ways to grow closer to him and you walk bolder you walk farther you walk faster you walk with your head up and people standing around you say I want to be like that person I want to experience the life that that person has man I want that person to lead me I want that person to pray for me right we all know the people that come up here and pray for us right we all know the ones that are living with confidence faith we want we'll stand in line for that person right the other person, we're just like, I don't know what their life looks like. <laughs> I don't know if they have faith, right? We just kind of avoid them, right? It's okay. Next time you see that, you're going to think about that, and you're going to start judging that person, and that's wrong. <laughs> so listen, like, when, when, when you have this confidence that God is with you, when you have this faith about you that says nothing is impossible, when you have this, this sense of, of, of destiny in your heart and in your life and there's this light emanating from you, people look at you and they see Jesus and they see true life and they see true light and they want that for themselves because no one wants to walk despaired and broken and hurt. Even the people that are the biggest Debbie Downers, come on, you know them, right? I find that term offensive. My mom's name's Debbie, right? But anyway, so like... Right? I mean, those people, you don't, you don't like being around those people, right? When you're just going, what an awesome day. Awesome. Have you seen the weather? You know what I'm saying? You're just like, oh, great. I'm going to go over here, right? And we don't want to be around. The, we want to be around the people that are, bring life and they bring energy and they bring excitement. That's who we want to be around, right? Come on. Our perspective, it changes things. It helps us to look at what we're going through differently, and it gives us an opportunity to see that God's doing miraculous things through us. You're not going to be able to experience life. You're not going to be able to experience growth without going through some things. And if you're a parent, you know this to be true. You've just seen it in your kids this week, right? They've had an entire week off of school. Now, I would think that if my kids get to spend an entire week around my wife and I, that they would actually grow as human beings, Right? <laughs> I, I would think that they would be thankful, right, that they get, this, they get to sleep in and they get to watch Netflix whenever they want. And, and then their parents love them and just lavish these things on them, right, and give them all these, you know, hot dogs whenever they want and just all this different stuff. You know, and we're doing all this different stuff. 
building snowmen and building forts, and they're like hitting me in the head with giant blocks of ice, and I think it's funny instead of getting mad. Like, I mean, life is great for them, right? They haven't grown as human beings. They've regressed, <laughs> right? I mean, by yesterday, I'm like, evolution might be real, right? I mean, these kids are getting ready to start flinging poo here. I mean, like, this thing is just getting out of control. They need routine. They need discipline, right? So I don't care if it snows all next week. They're going to have school, right? I don't care, <laughs> right? Like, when things are just given to us, when things are, we regress, we move away. We move away from what we're supposed to be. We move away from having and reflecting the character of God. We move instead to reflecting our human nature. We move away from shining the light of Christ in our world, and instead we darken and dampen everybody else's view of the world. Our view, our perspective, it shapes things. When we look to Jesus as a light, when we understand that trials and troubles are going to come, when we know these things are going to happen, but we take joy in them. And we know that, he's, that these things are happening so that we can grow closer to him. And we look at these things and we say, you know, it's going to take place. It's going to be something that's going to happen. But you know what? I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to be able to experience the power of God, the fullness of God. One day I'm going to stand on the other side of this and I'm going to know and see victory. I'm going to celebrate Jesus. And not so that I can be elevated but so that God can be elevated, other people are going to look at my story and they're going to find hope for victory in their own life. Not because they're looking at me, but because they're looking at Jesus, because that's who I'm looking at. And when I look at him, when I see him, and when he's illuminating my life, guess what? That's all people can see is Jesus. But when I'm looking at me and I'm looking at my stuff and I'm looking at my circumstances, I'm looking at my pain, I'm looking at all those things, I'm going to go deeper, 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 deeper in those things. And that's where I'm going to be. And that's all that I'm going to be able to offer. That's a miserable place to be. I've been there. I know what it's like. And I'm not saying that with judgment. I'm not saying that with, hey, listen, you got to get your things together, right? I'm saying it with love that if you're there, there's hope. I'm saying it with love that if you're there, I'm telling you, even in that, you can know joy. Hey, listen, you can know peace. Listen, you can overcome. Listen, you can see that Jesus is risen, that he is present, that he is Lord. You can see it. Hold on. Look to him. Let him light up your life every chance that you get. See that it's an opportunity to know him and to grow closer to him. Don't look at it as a way to say, look, I failed. Look, this person failed. Look, don't look at the darkness. Turn your head to God and say, hey, I'm running after you. If that's where you are, do it. I'm encouraging you to do so. Real quick. It's going to have to be real quick. Or we could stay here all day, whatever. <clears throat> Listen, our perspective, of, our perspective changes when we open ourselves to the adventure of living. It's a quote from Towser. It's an amazing thing I'm not going to go into and read. But open yourself to the adventure of living. Listen, we have the option to choose, hey, I can just make it through this life. I can turn 86, just fall asleep in my bed. And I've never had anything necessarily bad happen to me. I've never really had anything great happen to me. I've lived until I was 86. And I'm just here and we can go to sleep. And I'm not trying to downplay that life, that's somebody's life, right? Or we can say, you know what? I live my life full on for God. I made mistakes. People hurt me. And things happened to me that I just would never wish on another person. But man, I live life. I went here. I did this. I helped this person to discover Christ. I led that person to Jesus and look at their life now. They're leading a church now. Look at them, man. Look what they're doing. They're changing the world. They're missionaries in a country that nobody else has ever before. Just because I decided to live life as an adventure and to look Jesus. And somehow God worked through this imperfect vessel. And he showed the light of Jesus to somebody who now is showing the light of Jesus on a grander scale than I could ever do it myself. I'm opening myself up. I'm willing to step into places to get hurt. I'm willing to step into places to get laughed at. I'm willing to step into places to say, okay, I'm going to forgive even though I have every right not to. But I know that Jesus forgave me when he had the right not to. So I'm going to forgive. I'm going to step into a place of living freedom. I'm going to step into a place of living joy. I'm going to step into a place of living peace because I want to open myself up to what God has, not what I have. We can take what we have and we can lock it up in a box and we can just say, yep, that's what it was. Or we can say, let's open that box up. Let's shatter it. Let's give everything that's in it to God and say, what can you do with it?
and watch him do something miraculous. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So from now on we regard no one from the worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. What is that saying? Don't look at your circumstances for something that's happening. Don't look at them as permanent. Don't look at this as something that's going to have this lasting mark on you, right? Look at them as what they are. This world's broken. This place stinks, right? People are dumb, right? Things happen, right? It is what it is. And if I instead look at this as something to say, yeah, I can grow in this, I can consider this joy, I can consider this life, I consider an opportunity, right? If I look at those things then, I am now no longer making them something permanent in the sense of they're going to determine everything for me, but I'm making Jesus permanent. I'm making the promise of Jesus eternal in my life. I'm making that permanent, and it changes me. Paul's saying here, listen, hey, we used to look at things this way, but we don't anymore. We used to look at Jesus as a man that walked around, but he kind of changed that by dying and coming back to life and then popping into rooms and eating fish sandwiches with us, right? He kind of changed things like he's not a person anymore. And if our view is, is that Jesus is God and Jesus is risen, as we were talking about at the very beginning of service, it changes everything. Don't just look at it as it was, but instead Look at it for what it is. In verse 17, therefore, if any was in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Hey, when it says the new creation has come, I want you to get two things from that. New creation has come. What Paul is saying there, he's speaking, literally it's new creation, right? It's come. What he's saying is, is it the same power that God used to speak the stars and the suns and the galaxies into existence? The same power that God used to speak what we see and know as life on earth, the power that he used to speak those things into existence is the same power that he speaks into your life. It's the same power that he used to raise Christ from the dead so that you can walk in the power that he has to do the things he's called you to do. You don't have to do it on your own strength. You're like, all of this makes sense. All of this is right. I've got it in my devotional. I've read that book 22 times. The attachment, the reality is, is that you look at it. It's not what you can do, but instead it's what God can do. Job in his situation, the reason that his friend was off on air, it's not what he said. It's the intent of what he said. What he was saying to Job was, is Job, if you do this, if you do these things, if you make these things right, if you, everything was on Job. But the reality is, is that God is the one that changes our hearts. God is the one that sets the paths in front of us. We make our choices, we make our decisions, but God makes things right. God is the one that determines what's going to happen. He's sovereign, he's powerful. It's his power that gives us the ability and the opportunity, not our own. So you look at it differently. The power that God used. So next time you're facing something, next time you're like, I don't know if I can make it through this. I don't know if this can change. I don't know if I'll ever be able to overcome this. I instead want to walk away from it. Listen, the power that God used to speak galaxies into existence that we're still discovering 6,000 some years later today. God used that power to speak those into existence. That's the power he raised Christ. That when you are a child of God, is the power that you have in your life to do whatever he's given you opportunity to do. Secondly, not only do you have the power to do these things, it gives you the opportunity to look at everything differently. Because no longer is it, that's the mistake I made. No longer is it, that's what they did to me. No longer is it, that's the missed opportunity. No longer is it this is where I was failed or how I failed. No longer is it these are the sins that I did. Everything is new. Everything's new. When it says new creation, guess what? It's saying it's here. It's now. It's done. Who you were before you came to Christ, it's gone. New is here. You're new. Everything's new. Your past sins, guess what? They're gone. They're forgiven. You're new in Christ. Your past circumstances, all those things, they don't determine what you are and who you are and what you do and all those things. Why? Because you're new. You're a new creation. Everything is new, right? 
So you're, you're standing there. You don't have to worry about those things. But they're still there. I remember them. I understand. They're opportunities to grow you, right? To shape you, right? They're not determining factors in your life any longer. Jesus is the determining factor in your life. Because you're new in Jesus. Everything is new. And you get to walk around. And so now you look at it, my past sins are forgiven. Guess what? Your present sins are forgiven too, right? So your present's different, right? Guess what? Your future sins, they're forgiven too, right? So your future's different. You don't walk around sitting there just looking like, oh, what am I going to do? You just look and say, Jesus, I'm looking to you. Everything is new. So when something comes into your life, you don't look at it and say, what did I do? How did I do? Maybe you do for a moment, right? But you don't stay there. You don't camp there. Instead, you look at it and say, you know what? This is a new opportunity to grow in Christ. This is a new opportunity to love. This is a new opportunity to serve. This is a new opportunity. Everything's new. Can you imagine what the church would look like, what our lives would look like if we looked at everything like it was new? Every morning we wake up, guess what? It's a new day, right? Saturday was awful. You hated Saturday, right? All you wanted was to be able to go to church on Saturday night, and church got canceled, right? You're like, I could have looked forward to smoking in some fumes. That could have been fun, right? But it got taken away from me, right? You're just going through and you're just like, hey, man, this, it's, nothing goes right in my life. Guess what? It's Sunday. It's a new day. And every time you wake up, yeah, that's what happened yesterday. Guess what? It's a new day. I'm awake. Come on, look at life with that type of faith, with that type of vitality. And guess what? God begins to do things in you and through you and gives you opportunities that you never could imagine. Why? Because you're looking to him as the light. He's lighting up your path. He's lighting up your day. And instead of seeing obstacles, instead of walking around in the dark and busting your shin, you're instead walking with full view of all that's in front of you for what it really is. And you see Jesus through it all. And you get to walk to Jesus. It's new. And you've got the power to do it. I got through that really quick. And I'm going to skip that point. So I'm going to close with this. Worship team, go ahead and come up. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you today, if you find yourself in a place where you're saying, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. What I'm saying to you today don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God will do all things for the good of his people and for his glory. God is in control. God is working things out. Bad things happen. We understand it. Don't give up. Don't give up. You can accept the past, but don't let the past determine your future. Choose to embrace your present. Your past is forgiven. So put your future in his hands. And just freely say, God, I'm going after you. I'm chasing after you. The life you've called me to live, I'm going to live it for you. And I understand there's going to be moments where I have to go through trials. And I understand there's moments that I'm going to have to do things and go through things that I don't want to go through. And I understand that there's so many things that are going to happen that are going to deeply wound me and forever I shouldn't say forever, for on this life there will be a scar. But in the forever, I will be scar-free. I'll be pain-free. God, I can live free for you now because I know the freedom that I'm going to have for you in eternity and with you. I hold on to that. I cling to that. Be amazed at the new future you have and walk with expectation. See, you can have a new response. So when you're in your house and you're trying to make your smoothie because you're trying to be healthy and do the right thing and then your, your blender blows up and shoots smoothie all over your roof, you're new. You don't have to take the blender and smash it on the floor and cuss and cause your children to cry. You're a new person. You don't have to respond to the situations that are beyond your control the way that you used to. You're new. Your attitude is new. Your heart is new. Your life is new. Your perspective is new. It's new. Everything is new. See that you can have a new response. See that your situation is not something to run from, but something new that God can do. And as a result of it, give you a new life, a new look on life, and a new hope for life. If you trust God and look to him and allow him to light up your world and light up your life, 
You don't have to run from things. Instead, you can run to him. And as you're running to him, you're gonna run through things that seem like in, just impenetrable walls. You're gonna run through them like it's a piece of paper and you're a beast of a man running through a little banner thing on football, right? It sounded way better in my head than it came out. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? Your perspective is different. There's something about you. And when you're doing it, you're not doing it in your strength. You're not doing it in your power. What seems impossible is now possible. What seems, what seemed just like untouchable, what seemed unreal is now real. It's touchable, it's present, it's Jesus. Everything is new. Every day is new. Can you imagine the life would look like? Can you imagine what it would be like? So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship and then I'm gonna come back up. I'm gonna pray what Paul prays in Colossians chapter one, verse 11, that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. If you're here this morning and you're a follower of Christ, you've made a vow of devotion to him. You are a child of God. All things are new. Everything is new. You have every reason to stand strong and confident. Stand strong and stand in the new life that he has for you. Every day is new. Every moment is a new opportunity to see him, know him, and feel him. It's new. In a moment when we stand to worship, stand with the excitement like you got a brand new pair of shoes on. Stand with excitement like you got a new haircut and everybody loves it, right? Stand with the sense of newness and excitement that Jesus is everything. He's all that you need. He's everything. He's every reason for excitement. He's every reason for hope. He's everything. This morning, if you don't have a relationship with God, this morning, it starts there. To acknowledge that Jesus is real, Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died the death that you and I deserve because there is a reality of sin. Sin separates us from God. And there's no way that you and I could ever earn our way back to God. No way. It's impossible. And God in his grace knew that to be true and sent his perfect son to live the life that we couldn't live and die the death that we deserve so that we could have the life that is given to him. You can know peace. You can know joy. You can know strength. You can know hope. You can have a reason to wake up and hold your head high and say, today's a new day. And it starts by you saying, Jesus, I know you died for me. I know you gave your life for me. I know that your life and your death means that my sins are forgiven. And I know that you raised from the dead and your resurrection means that I can live a new life because you changed everything. You can say it in your own words. You don't have to say it in mine. But as we stand, you declare that to be true. You say that to be true. God invades your world and makes all things new in his power. Let's stand. Let's worship.